What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam. And I'm Liz. And we're in a completely different set. Woo! We're here with episode 126, where we're talking about, hey, does the gaming industry need to be reset? But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, we moved the set. We did. Can't tell. Yeah, I can't really tell. It might be a little bit more echoey because it's a bigger room. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're working on the uh, audio uh, treatment of this whole room, if yes. you will. But uh, there's a new set for coffee games. That we got a surprise set for maybe some other content coming up. Who knows? Mm. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I, I know I usually ask you, how you doing? Me? Yeah. But, How am I doing? Yeah, but I don't care right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yes, th- thank you for uh, coming on. Those who are new subscribers. Yeah. Uh, cool. Thank you. Uh, welcome. Welcome. If you came here for Mr. Maddie Plays, thank you. Uh, we, we appreciate you for sticking around. Uh, we thank you for clicking that subscribe button to seeing uh, what we can do with the with the channel. So uh, if you're here, uh, thank you so much, yeah. honestly. And uh, we got a lot more show to give you. But uh, that's all I got to really say is like, thanks. Thanks for clicking subscribe. Thanks. But how are you doing? I'm good. I played Sims today. Yeah. Yeah. I got to build a house with the new platform system that they oh, have. Cool. So super fun. Yeah. How was that they, work? Did, they actually did a couple updates. Yeah. Um, They did plat. They added platforms. And then like, instead of just showing like, oh, this is like, your relationship with this mm-hmm. person, you can open up like a whole profile about them and see their actual feelings towards you and the relationship that you have. Fun. So it's interesting. I'm 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 enjoying. Cool. Uh, so let's get this show on the road. What What do you think? I agree. Cool. Um, if you want to hear us more babble on some more and we just <laughs> talk about anything, we have another podcast called the What's the Biz Podcast. Links are down below. It's an audio only podcast if you want to check that out you know check it out at your own free will yeah but uh just gotta tell you that we're on social media we're on twitter at gaming groceries mm-hmm. or you can follow us individually i'm at ace the grocer and i'm at journey first you can also follow us on instagram games groceries all one word where you can see some memes or some updates about the channel or even some questions i'll ask you about this certain podcast wow i want to get you in on the discussion and you can uh follow us on twitter instagram and even facebook and i'll ask you a question about the show and you can be in on the discussion point so uh follow us on social media and uh be involved why don't you and uh, we have a website, gamesgroceries.com, where you can listen to all the podcasts from the website, as well as you can find out where you can listen to the audio versions of the of the podcast, as well as some articles I've written in the past. Yeah. Uh, and if you're new here, hi, how you doing? You're doing good? Great. Awesome. Uh, be sure to click that subscribe button and a notification bell so that you know when all these podcasts come out, as well as our weekly uh, our weekly videos. Let's just put it mm-hmm. that way. Uh, right now, we're doing coffee games, and uh, there might be more in the future. We're just uh, doing the planning stages of that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks for coming along for the ride. Again, we've got some new subscribers here. Uh, great growth that we're doing. So mm-hmm. Thanks again. If you're new here, if you haven't yet, definitely hit that subscribe button so that you know what the future holds for games and groceries. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I think that's all we need to say. I agree. Cool. Great. So let's just go on to our first segment. Movie Minutes. 
Movie Minutes is a segment that we talk about the movies that we watched in the past week, whether it be on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, not really in theaters. At this point in time, we would like to give you an overview and a recommendation or not a recommendation. Uh, for the month of December, uh, all the way through, maybe to my birthday, 12th day of Christmas, we're going to be reviewing Christmas movies. Woo-hoo! Whoa! It's Christmas time, everybody. Oh! Yeah, <laughs> but so uh, we're going to be doing a five point scale again, much like we do with our other movie minutes. But this is based off of jingles, if you will. How much uh, Christmas spirit does it give us? Does it really give a good Christmas vibe to it? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily a good movie, but does it give you a good Christmas spirit to yeah. it? Yeah. So uh, this week's movie minutes actually comes from Netflix. I know we did three Netflix films in a row, but. Uh, hey, Netflix had the best Christmas movies. Sue me. Yeah. But it's a Christmas movie from Netflix, and it's a little bit called Jingle Jangle. Uh, it's got some star hitters in there, including yeah. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Uh, it's got Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's uh, there's another person in it. I can't remember. Oh, no. But it's, uh, there's a good uh, yeah, star there's cloud. Yeah, there's a good amount. Yeah. The grandmother was someone I can't remember her name though. Yes. Oh, oh, she was the uh, mother from the Cosby show. Yeah, but I don't remember her name. I can't remember her name either. But uh let's go into our opening thoughts. Go. Um, so I wasn't sure what this movie was about, but I enjoyed it. Mm. Um, it definitely gave a mixture of greatest showman and high school musical vibes. Yeah. Like it was inspired by greatest showman for sure mm-hmm. but the songs kind of ended up coming out high school musical instead yeah um but overall it was good it was really cute it was a good story yeah it was a cute movie so i do want to jump into my first note which relates to what you just said is that uh this is a musical spectacular mm-hmm. and like what you did say when you put it out i couldn't help but unsee it yeah but it it definitely has greatest showman inspiration yes definitely. and to the point where you looked up are there any producers that came from greatest showman to this movie and yeah it, there were none none that i saw but it was produced by john legend yes john legend was one of the producers in this which is crazy to think yeah. about but uh yeah it definitely w- took a lot of inspiration from greatest showman including the set pieces the uh costumes the costumes the, even the um the like big numbers mm-hmm. were very great as showman. Yeah. So if you've seen the greatest showman uh, and you enjoyed that, you'll like jingle jangle, I think in, in yeah. that kind of terms, in terms of a musical setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely had that kind of vibe to it. The greatest yeah. showman. Uh, now this is a historical, like historical uh, set piece where uh, again, like the greatest showman, it's talking about a person, uh, Jeronicus, Jeronicus? Yeah, I think it was Jeronicus Jangle. Yeah, Jeronicus Jangle. Jangle. Jeronicus Jangle, who is played by Forrest Whitaker, and mm-hmm. his, you know, a, a kind of uprise and then downfall mm-hmm. as an inventor. So it's kind of a musical and that kind of story. Uh, what did you think of the story? Was it charming at all? Did you appreciate it? Yeah, I think it was a cute story. It was predictable, but cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I even have in my second note here is that the story is a lot about mending generations through yeah. it, generations through pain and all of that. And I think it, it does its job when it does it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here's the here's the one thing, though. I do appreciate its story. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but then again, it doesn't give a lot of Christmas magic behind it. Yeah, they I didn't even really say the word Christmas like that many times. I think they said it, what, two or three times? Yeah, and they used uh, themes of Christmas, like be- just believe and yes. whimsical and yeah. toy making. Like there's they a lot of... the spirit of Christmas in the movie, but I would... It's not something that I would feel bad watching outside of Christmas. Yeah, it was very odd in that way. Uh, But then again, you know, it still has the elements of a Christmas movie Mm -hmm. without it being a Christmas movie. Yeah. You know, that's like saying, like, it's got the elements of pizza without it being pizza. And it's like, how does that happen? I don't know. Write in the comments down below. How does that happen? But It's a flatbread. Yeah. What? Oh, it's a flatbread. It's got the elements of a pizza, but it's not a pizza. There we go. Or is it a pizza? Okay, this isn't about this. It's about Jingle Jangled. <laughs> uh, but again, aside from the snow, and this is my last note, aside from the snow, uh, the toy makers and belief, Christmas doesn't really play a huge part in this movie. Not really. And it's very Christmas light in that kind of way. It's really, they call it a Christmas movie because that was their excuse for having the granddaughter at his house. Yeah. That, it, like, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, Christmas was mentioned a couple times in that sort of way. But um, I think we can just jump into our closing thoughts here mm-hmm. about Jingle Jangle, it being Christmas movie. Again, we usually do a five point scale here about avoid at all costs or solid. But here it's just like based off of how much Christmas spirit from one to five. What did you give it out of one to five in terms of giving you Christmas spirit? I gave it three jingles. Three jingles. Because, like I said, it was a really cute story, and it had, like, the spirit of Christmas, but it's not really a Christmassy movie. It's not something that I would be, that would be on, like, my must-watch Christmas movie list. Yeah. And I wouldn't feel wrong watching it in July. Yeah. And uh, in terms of our scale, one is... The Matrix. It's just not a Christmas movie. Nowhere near all. Christmas. Five is Elf. Yeah. So the, that's pretty much our, our yeah. yardstick there. Uh, or the Santa Claus or something like something that. Something that is absolutely a Christmas movie. Yeah, without question. Or Die Hard. Die Hard is five. <laughs> um, Die Hard's like a four. <laughs> hey, now. Anyways. Uh, generous. Well, if Die Hard is a four, that's why I think I'm comfortable giving this a three. Yeah. I also gave this a three jingles. Yeah. Because, again, like what you were saying, it's just like it's got Christmas elements to it mm-hmm. without it being christmas movie and, yeah. and again there's there's snow in this there's toy making there's belief just just believe and mm-hmm. just uh the magic will happen but there's like no mention of santa or christmas or yeah like get in the christmas spirit it was just like no just be a good person exactly it, it just didn't feel like a christmas movie yeah. it felt like this could have been set in any other time piece mm-hmm. and it would have been just like eh but like yeah. and, and like that, like I said, like the whole movie title was Jingle Jangle. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, but I, we still thought it was an enjoyable movie. We yeah. liked it. We it liked what we saw. It was very Christmassy. Yeah. Uh, but that's Which our okay. but that's our Christmas review of Jingle Jangle. If you're in the kind of Christmas spirit, you know, it's one of those movies. that's like it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's a good starter, but it definitely doesn't have that kick to it. Uh, if you want something that is, and the only reason why we didn't review is because we already watched it on our own timing, um, was, um, Operation Christmas Drop. That I, I recommend on Netflix. Yeah, a lot of people have been watching that lately and mm-hmm. a lot of people love it. Yeah. Operation Christmas Drop. We watched it. Absolutely. I give that a four at least. Yeah. On the Christmas scale. But yeah. this one's a three. It's fine. 
So check either one of those out. But again, we reviewed just now Jingle Jangle. Uh, it's a musical. It stars Forrest Whitaker. So um, yeah. if you like Forrest Whitaker, which your boy does. And uh, yeah, that, with all that said and done, I think it's time to talk about some uh, video game news. Yeah. What do you think? I agree. Okay, well, let's just do it. Let's just jump into our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. And we like to rank it three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of what's going on in the gaming industry. Here we are, everybody. Top three gaming news with business twins. Oh, no. It's business, business twins. You Bus- should put Christmas hats on them. No, business business twins have no time for Christmas because they're business twins. Oh. It's double the amount of business. Anyways, uh, <laughs> let's start with our number three gaming news. This is about the PlayStation, the PlayStation 5. Wow. Yay. You can totally experiment with this because you all have a PlayStation 5, right? No, no, nobody does because it got sold out. Scalpers, what? Uh, your boy doesn't have it anyway. So No, we don't have it either. No shame. But the PlayStation 5 apparently has... A little bit of a feature that uh, a lot of people are calling weird, not controversial, just just weird. Yeah. Uh, apparently, if you share a screenshot from the PlayStation 5 and the body of your text to Twitter, by the way, to Twitter, the body of your text has any kind of profanity on it, it will block it. Hmm. So this is picked up by The Gamer, which I don't like to get a lot of my news from The Gamer. It's I don't know, but they were the original story. So here we are. Uh, but the gamer picked this up by saying, uh, yeah, the, the, some gamers have seen this and the gamer article tested it out on their own PlayStation 5. And lo and behold, they tried to send a Dark Souls screenshot with F.U. on it, but not F. It was a full word. But they didn't say fudge. They did not say fudge. And they tried to send it. And there is a screenshot on the gamer uh, that pretty much says that, nope, you can't. You have to take out any kind of profanity before we can mm-hmm. uh, put it on twitter and there's an interesting point in the article which by the way is linked down below in the description if you want to check it out for yourself but there's an interesting point that the gamer makes uh saying uh i quote furthermore the ethicality of the um sorry let me do that again <laughs> uh furthermore the ethicality of this practice really comes into question there's something insidious about a privately owned platform holder applying this filter when sharing to another corporation's privately owned platform. It's, uh, it's especially strange when taking into account that Twitter doesn't actually censor these words on there. So mm-hmm. what the gamer is trying to say is that it's very weird for PlayStation to put down rules before you can send it to another platform that doesn't yeah. have those rules. Yeah. It's so. very weird and it's very random, like out of nowhere. Yeah. No, I, I was just like, why? I mean, I understand. Here's the thing. I would understand again. I think the gamer would also understand mm-hmm. that if you sent it through a, a message to your friend, your buddy, and it's got cursing, it's like, Nope, like censor there, but yeah. sending it to another platform into yeah. Twitter that's a little weird. It is very strange. I think it would be a good parental control setting. Well, that's the other part about the story is that uh, the gamer tried to figure out to turn it off. There is no turn off. There is no yeah. switch. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would be good to have in the parental control settings. Yeah. But for regular settings for like the primary, like the adults that use it, it's like. Yeah. Who cares? If they want to write a curse on Twitter, like that's on them. Yeah. And it's on Twitter, too. Yeah. Like if Twitter, Twitter, Twitter <laughs> wants to censor cursing. Fine. Yeah. 
But that's the thing is that there's no parental control. It switches off. And a lot of people might say, like, this might be a good thing because there's too much mm-hmm. profanity on social media anyway. Uh, but and me being a Christian, sure, you can make that argument. But also we're not against other people choosing their words however they want. Exactly. It's just like, well, Twitter doesn't censor it. Yeah. I have no case to say it. Yeah. And not to put this argument in there, but at the same time, for Americans, mm-hmm. we have freedom of speech. Yeah. And we are allowed to write those things on our social medias and say them if mm-hmm. that's what we feel like saying. Yeah. USA. 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 Um, but yeah, it's a little bit weird, but I want to hear your thoughts in the comments down below. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, what do you think about this? Is this ethically correct? What do, what do you think about it? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. Uh, I kind of want to move on to the second piece of gaming news, which is uh, kind of funny, but not very surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Marvel's Avengers is actually underperforming so hard that they cannot make up any of their revenue. Like, they're, they're actually so underperformed that they've lost 7 billion yen, which I forget off the top of my head. I, I forget off the top of my head. Uh, how much is this in uh, U.S. dollars? I will look it up. But yeah. Uh, seven billion? Seven billion yen. This has had a net loss for Square Enix, which I'm not surprised of because this was once one of the most anticipated games to ever come out. I still remember when the teaser came out and all we saw was Thor's hammer and uh, the shield of Captain America. That's all we got. And we're just like, wow, this is a great story. Oh, So seven billion Japanese yen equals to... Sixty-seven million two hundred seventy-two thousand one hundred and fifteen dollars and fourteen cents in U.S. dollars. And that's how much Square Enix so lost. Over sixty-seven million dollars is how much they lost. Yeah. In Japan. And that and that's insane. And Square Enix took this loss, and now they're trying to say like, "Oh man, how are we gonna how are we gonna make this up?" I don't understand. And there's a quote from uh, from the uh, company's president Matsuda who has to say, in addition to the uh, amortization, I'm so Thank you. I'm so sleepy. It's okay. Uh, Of the game's development costs, explained Matsuda, another significant factor associated with the title was the fact that we undertook a major advertising campaign at the time of its launch to make up for delays in our marketing efforts resulting from COVID-19 pandemic. There's a certain amount of development costs that still uh, need to be amortized. I know I didn't say that right, but I'm too tired. And three quarters. And quarter three, I should say. But we want to recoup by regrouping our sales going forward. Now, the article that's linked down below actually points out that Masuda never actually said uh, his plan for making up costs. Yeah, He didn't have this concrete plan. All he has is... I hope that the updates will get us back old players. I hope that the updates will, I hope the DLC will actually make mm-hmm. up for it. There's all this hope, but there's no actually concrete plans yeah. to actually make up for the losses. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm not surprised about is that I feel like Marvel's Avengers did not need to be a multiplayer online game. It did not need to be a game yeah. to service. Yeah. You know, uh, what do you think about this? I mean, I don't know too much. I don't really know too many details about this game, Mm -hmm. but I mean, 
I hope they have some sort of plan in place. That's a lot of money to lose. Yeah. And Japan is a very big video game market. Like, mm-hmm. no one should be losing money in Japan in yeah. their video game sales, you know? Especially, well, here's the thing. It's like, especially when you have the name of Marvel's Avengers exactly. on your game. And, and the fact that it just took this much of a loss. Yeah. And I think like, it's, I don't even know if there, if there is a plan they can get that can get them that back. They're just saying that, like, oh, I hope our updates. I'm like, well, here's the thing. You're not you're not No Man's Sky. Yeah. Like, No Man's Sky, I feel like, was a fluke. Like, how, how much they updated. And not even a fluke. They knew how mm-hmm. to fix it. But for people that forgive them, not only forgive them, but go right back into mm-hmm. the game, it doesn't matter how many updates you give. If people aren't willing to forgive you, yeah, it's just, it's a little bit weird. Um, but in my opinion, I, I, I think that people are willing to give Marvel's Avengers a chance. I think people want to give Marvel's Avengers a chance yeah. because it is Marvel's Avengers. Exactly. I want to play as Miss Marvel. I love yeah. Miss Marvel. I want to play as uh, Troy Baker, Captain America. I think that's who he voice acts. Maybe not, but I definitely want to do mm-hmm. that. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's a, it's a broken game, much like Anthem. Anthem is another like mm-hmm. example of like, when is that update coming out? Yeah. But I don't know. It's yeah. but they've taken a lot of loss on this. Yes. A lot of loss. <laughs> yes, they have. And they're blaming it on the campaign, the marketing campaign. That's what they're blaming I don't it think on. That's the reason. I don't think it is either. But you know, if they don't have a concrete plan, doesn't mm-hmm. seem like they have a concrete explanation either. But yeah. uh write your thoughts in the comments down below. Uh do you think that this is the right move? Do you think that Marvel's Avengers will ever become a game that you want to play? Uh, are you playing Marvel's Avengers? You know, write your thoughts in the comments down below. Which brings us to our number one gaming news, which leads us into our big discussion. Woohoo! Talking time without a guest this week. I'm Aww. sorry. Uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. I'm too tired. <laughs> but uh, the number one gaming news actually has to do with an indie studio. Woohoo! And this actually has to do with veterans from the games industry. Who actually designed Yellow Brick Games. Woohoo. I'm not wearing my glasses. So guess what? I'm putting my notebook right here. Uh, Top developers from Ubisoft, EA, and Bioware have teamed up to make this new studio. Uh, The the team members include Mike Laidlaw, which is a really well-known name in the game industry. Uh, Of course, Thomas Drew, uh, Jeff Skalski, Skalski. Thank you, Adam. Good job, Adam. Uh, and Frederick St. Laurent B. are going into the indie uh, industry now. Cool. And uh, it's really interesting because what they're doing with this, they're not doing this out of, well, they kind of are doing this out of spite uh, from their former companies. But what's really interesting is that why they're doing this and they want to create games of old again. Mm-hmm. They want to go back into the heart of games. So uh, Skolsky has actually had this to say. Uh, saying, we have learned a lot from working on world-class multi-year projects with thousands of colleagues, and we want to take a different approach. Mm -hmm. Leveraging a smaller, talented team where people come first, we will create amazing worlds and experiences for all others to enjoy. So what's really cool is that they just all seem focused on saying, like, listen, we were in the, you know, big games industry. and." We worked on some high class studios, Mike Laidlaw especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I shouldn't say especially because I, I only know of Mike Laidlaw. These other three people, I've 
heard yeah. of, but yeah. not like Mike Gladelaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these people just had big, world-class, like they said, uh, adventure games, right? Yeah. But now they want to go into a smaller indie uh, indie team so that they can have the heart of the game again. Yeah. So what do you think about that? No, I think that's great of them to do, like just going with their passion, not not staying with the big companies yeah. that um, that you know that even though they make probably tons of money working for those companies at least doing this they're doing something that they're passionate about they're really putting their heart in it and they're like i said they're doing what they're passionate about so it's yeah. going to be a better game it's going i'm assuming i mean it's got to be end up, end up being good games that they produce exactly and these aren't the first people to start oh, their no. own store uh in fact ken levine still has a. Uh, I think his studio is called Ghost Story Games, I believe it's called. But there's a lot of uh, uh, veteran in- um, industry veterans yeah. that actually just, you know, go into the indie department. In fact, Night School Studios, they started uh, from Telltale Games. Mm-hmm. So it's just another uh, it's just another story where big veterans go into the indie uh, department yeah. and they're just seeking to have good relational video games yeah like where they, people come they want to do something that they can be passionate about and have a good relationship with the video games again yeah so i very much appreciate it and yeah. uh we're gonna be talking a little bit more about that in our uh big discussion yeah a section but uh any other final thoughts about this no yeah i mean good that go for them uh, honestly yeah i can't wait to see what kind of games they yeah. put out i'm very excited for what kind of games they put out so mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we want to hear your thoughts as well. Uh, talk about Yellow Brick Games. Have you heard about this story? What do you think? Uh, what kind of games do you think they'll come out with? Do you think there'll be RPGs? Do you think there'll be silly games? Who knows? Uh, what do you think? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. All the articles are linked in the description down below if you want to give them a read for yourself. Uh, but I think that that brings us into our final segment where we're just going to be uh, talking about this certain subject. Again, we don't have a guest this week. Sorry, but... Here we are. We're mm-hmm. it's just it's just us, me, Liz, you, you the viewer or the listener. Who knows? Let's just go into our final segment. Coffee time. Every single week here in the Games Groceries podcast, we like to have a little game industry topics, whether it be about female gamers or game preservation. We like to have a little discussion uh, for the next half hour or so. Or so. 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 Uh, it's been a while since it's just me and you. But, yeah, it's yeah. been a couple weeks. Yeah, but Thanksgiving weekend, we just uh, we just want to focus on the holidays rather mm-hmm. than coordination with the guests. So yeah, uh, time to spend some me and you and you time, listener or viewer. Yeah. So uh, this week we wanted to discuss: Does the game industry need to reset itself? Uh, just mm-hmm. talking about uh, how much bigger the games industry has become, and kind of going back to its roots. But you know, let's start. First, you know, in the current state of the games industry, what's something that's good that we actually appreciate is coming out in the current state of video games? For me, it's like just the ability yeah. that they have. Because I feel like when we were younger, from my experience, there weren't too many games that were story-based, mm-hmm. like the games that I like. Yeah, like like what is story now it wasn't story before. Exactly. Games like Heavy Rain. There there were games that were story element, but there was a lot of limits in terms of technology that, exactly. that, that told a good story. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So 
I appreciate that about current games. Yeah. Where we can do more and make it more realistic mm-hmm. and tell a better story. Yeah. And I and I think uh LA Noir had a big part in that too because mm-hmm. they had well, big part in terms of, you know, getting motion captured in the way that they did, but yeah. wasn't perfect. But it is they did what it their is. Best. I want to change the color of the thing. Oh no. Bang. Look there at that. We go. Much more appreciative to look at. But yeah, no, I I love the state of the current games industry where we get bigger games mm-hmm. in terms of bigger landscapes. Uh, for example, Horizon Zero Dawn. I absolutely love the world of Horizon Zero Dawn where we couldn't get that kind of game Yeah. Uh, even, f- well, five years prior to it because mm-hmm. it c- came out a couple years ago. But five years prior for it to come out, you know, a, a world like that, it took a lot. Yeah. But now we're we're almost expecting games like this. Yeah, like you almost expect a game to have perfect graphics. Yeah, or where... even a big landscape, or mm-hmm. yeah, realistic facial uh, facial mm-hmm. recognition, facial recognition, but facial expressions, you know. Yes. Uh, which is why I think Mass Effect Andromeda got really on people's uh, nerves. Is yeah. that the the facial recon- uh, facial expressions? Yes. Thank you, Adam. Uh, they they got. A little out of wonk, wouldn't you say? Just a little. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love the stories that actually come out of this. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot more emotional storytelling that are actually coming out, especially mm-hmm. since Life is Strange. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more open in terms of that. And I think Life is Strange has a big part in the current state of the games industry as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I, I think there's still a lot of good that still comes out mm-hmm. of uh, the games industry. And I want to and I want to start with that first, because before we poke fun at it and saying like it needs to reset. Yeah, we do want to say that we do appreciate the current state of the games industry. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe not trying to get a console in the current state of things, but yeah. it is what it is. But I still think that there's a lot of good that has come out of the gaming industry, including mm-hmm. uh, and I do want to point this one out, including more accessibility to indie developers. Yes. There's so much much a better uh, accessibility when it comes to being an oh, indie yeah. game developer. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, than even before. Because imagine, even in a 360 era, there wasn't as many indie uh, developers as there is yeah. today. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, Yellow Brick Road, <laughs> Yellow Brick Road, Yellow Brick Games was yeah. designed because it's a lot more accessible to become a indie game studio and be, mm-hmm. be financially uh secure now more accessible i didn't say absolutely accessible (laughs) i didn't say absolutely financially stable Mm -hmm. i said more accessible yeah now uh i want to go on to my second point here is that why do we think we've come to this question of does the game industry need to reset what makes us even question the games industry right now i think every couple years as humans Mm -hmm. we always wonder if the old was better. Mm. Like, cause you think about phones, how many times a year do I say, I want to go back to a flip phone? Yeah. Yeah. I, you're talking about smartphones in that way. Yeah. Like, and, and you have to think about that with all technology TVs. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes with TVs, it's like, I just want to go back to my easy yeah. cable box television mm-hmm. setup and just watch cable. Yeah. Like some, like I have a friend who she's like, we don't have cable. She's like, but we have so many streaming. Mm-hmm. She's like, we all we do is stream all the time. Yeah, and it's just you have to like. I think just as humans, it's we're always questioning: was what we had before better? Did we take this too far? 
Yeah, no, I I agree, especially with smartphones. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I constantly want to go back to a uh, flip phone, which I'm very excited to see Matthew Vela's uh video of his update because he yeah he did do that yeah he's going to a flip phone for 30 days and he's going to be talking about is this a true transition or have we gotten so used to the technology mm-hmm. and that brings me back to the video games industry. Uh, I feel like we question this because one, there's much more crunch stories than we ever heard before. And I think it's only because, and here's the thing. I think we're only seeing a lot of crunch is because there's a lot more accessibility in terms of games journalism. Mm -hmm. You, you wouldn't hear those stories of crunch if games journalism didn't actually exist the way it exists right now. Yeah, that's true. Because, uh, if you even talk about, you know, games of old retro games. Uh, I remember hearing the story about E.T. And, um, you know, that was only made within three weeks, I want to say. Yeah, it was like they only give like very short time periods. And it's like, well, you only get like three months to make this game or or even that. Right. And and even now, it's like um, with we had so many games when I was younger. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Yeah, like that's what what really crashed the game industry in the first place. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't ET's fault. It was really the games industry just constantly forcing yeah. more games mm-hmm. in the crunch. And that's why when you say that, oh, I think crunch is really bad. You're really saying that because uh, the game's journalism is making it accessible for you to actually hear about it. But yeah. really, crunch has existed since the dawn of video games. Yeah. Uh, and I and I don't know. I don't like people saying that like, oh, this is a new thing. It's not a new thing. It's really it's not. It's not even exclusively to game industry like going exactly. to any industry there's always going to be a crunch of some sort in something yeah anytime i pull out a potato chip from a bag there's going to be a crunch you're an idiot i can't stand you <laughs> oh no you're the worst you're literally <laughs> the worst i know i know i know but you no know? i know good also tortilla chips but uh okay. here's the thing is that uh, I think we only question this right now is because I feel a lot like when you're talking about smartphones, mm-hmm. the, those newest gadgets that, that, that keeps coming the out, things. the things are swoop swoop. But uh, I think it's because smartphones have become out of hand to the point where we're just constantly asking ourselves, is it healthy to even have this? Yeah. Can we just go back to flip phones, mm-hmm. honestly? And I think that's what we find in video games is that games get bigger and longer stories and uh, more demanding and more demanding taking up a lot more gigabyte space <laughs> gigabyte space but then we started to think about ourselves like can we go back to like smaller games can we go back to really are we capable focus- yeah. yeah are we capable of focus games you know what i miss is collectibles and the collectibles of old games mm. i'm talking about you know ridiculous collectibles not bring up feathers so that you can i don't know get an axe or i don't know but uh you know Kind of like Crash Bandicoot collectibles. You're about a game I've never played. You never, wait, I'm sorry. Wait. You knew this. You know this. Oh, We've no. We've discussed this. But like, uh, never mind. But the, the fruit, <laughs> the fruit in uh, Crash Bandicoot in that kind of way. But anyways, uh, but even that is uh, like a dying down. There's a lot more 3D platformers mm-hmm. actually coming out pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we just start to think to ourselves, like, is this actually what we desire? Do we want these bigger worlds? Do we actually want some games to be bigger, Mm -hmm. more demanding on our systems, really running tests on our PC to say, like, can it run us? A lot like Crisis did, but Crisis was a meme uh, at that point. Like, can your PC run Crisis? Yeah. Uh, Now a Nintendo Switch can run Crisis, which is crazy. Yeah. 
Uh, but that's the thing. I think we start to start to question that only because we've gotten to a point where we just start to say a lot like our smartphones. Do we want this? Yeah. You know, have we taken <clears throat> this too far? Have we asked too much? Yeah. Especially when every game needed to be an RPG for some reason. Yes. Every game needed to be open world RPG. And I think I really started to question that when I played Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm-hmm. And it's not the RPG elements, but it's the vast landscape. Like, yeah. huge landscape. Not only at that, but a story. And Rockstar has a tendency to do this. Uh, stories that just overstay their welcome. Yeah. A lot, and Rockstar does a lot to do this. You you felt this a lot when you first played L.A. Noir, and mm-hmm. you got to a point where just like, are we done? Eh, yeah, Rockstar games tend to overstay their welcome, yeah. in my opinion, mm-hmm. on our opinion. Mm-hmm. But and, I, and that's how I got kind of going into what the games industry actually really does in that sort of point. Yeah, uh, and that's what brings me to uh, another point that I have. Right, let's discuss this, like. With the bigger, better, the more demanding games, do you really think it's something that gamers want? Maybe it's just me and you. Me and you yeah. love shorter games. Yeah. We love Life is Strange, where it's just episodic. Mm-hmm. I love shorter games. I love Oxenfree. I've played Oxenfree at least 50 times at this point. <laughs> but in terms of uh, grandeur games, do you really think it's just us? Maybe it's all gamers who want um, bigger, better games, right? Or do you think it's the games industry that's telling us, no, you do want bigger, better. And it's just gamers are saying like, yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's kind of a mix. I think it's that maybe people who are around our age who don't have as much time to be playing video games Mm -hmm. would prefer the shorter games. Yeah, and that's what... And of course, we kind of want the ones similar to our childhood. It's what we grew up with. Yeah. But you have to think of like the kids today. Yeah. Um... The kids today. Yeah, the kids today who are playing, they don't know what the old games were like. I mean, we even tried to get one of our students to play one of our old games, and he didn't want anything to do with it. He was like, no, I'm good. And you have to think, so they're, they've grown up with these bigger, better games, and so yeah. the game industry just keeps making them bigger and better and saying, look what we can do. Look mm-hmm. what you can do with this. Look yeah. what we made this be able to do. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. I need that because... For me, I know that there are certain smartphones that I wish I had mm-hmm. just to experience their capability. Yeah. But I don't really want or need a smartphone. Mm-hmm. I just want to see the cool thing it can do. Well, I don't want to talk too much on it because that's going to be my next coffee games about that kind of subject. So I don't want to speak too. Oh. Well, that, that's. Um, well, yeah. no, no, no. Like, I'm not saying it's your fault. I mean, it kind of is. But. Um, <laughs> I, I, I am going to be uh, talking more about that in terms of minimalism and uh, gaming culture. But, yeah, I, I, I think there's a great quote by a person. I can't remember their name. I am so sorry. But if you watch a minimalism documentary on Netflix, there is a um, professor or an author. Man, this is really bad. I can't remember her name. But she said she was asked the question, do you think America is much more like much too materialistic and she said well actually quite the opposite we're not materialistic enough because we want more 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 we don't really desire what is of old so we kind of throw things away and we're always asking what's next what what's new And, and i think that's just like that i think gamers like us who are uh grown up and not grown up in terms of like oh just grew up but yeah. I'm I'm nearly 30 years old. I work a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, doing uh YouTube stuff on here. Yeah. I don't have as much time to game as I would like to, 
Whereas back in high school, mm -hmm. I had all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time to game. Like, that. that's it. I had full-time schooling, but did I do school right? No, I did not. Uh, I barely passed high school. But, and that's that's my point, is that I have way less time, so I need... Mm -hmm. I need my gaming to be intentional. Yeah. And that's that's where shorter games come in. I love playing more shorter games rather mm -hmm. than commit myself to a longer game, a lot like Red Dead Redemption 2, which took yeah. me a month to beat that game. Yeah. And that was just just focusing on that game. Yeah. Putting my full focus. If I was just, you know, right now, I, I don't know when I would have beaten that game. But yeah. um yeah, no, I, I sometimes do think that it's just the games industry that markets it to say, like, you do want bigger worlds. Yeah. You know, like they, they start to see a trend go in some direction. Yeah. And I especially think it's when NBA 2K started to say that it's the it's the best sports RPG. I'm just like, were we asking for a sports RPG? It's like you are now. I Yeah. I was just like, when who was who is asking yeah, for a like, sports RPG? It's like they create something so cool that you, they know we won't be able to resist. Yeah. And they're saying, look at how cool this is. Look what we made this do. And now everyone's like, oh, well, I need that. Yeah. And so then they ask for more. But they weren't asking for it. Yeah. They just thought it was cool. And they're like, well, now I want more. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a cycle. And it's mm -hmm. uh, I, I believe it really comes down to uh what came first the chicken or the egg when i'm asking the question of uh do, do you think it's corporations like big gaming uh when i say corporations i'm talking about upper management mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about the the people at the upper upper of uh ea activision uh not just even you know the lower management mm -hmm. but the upper upper uh the people who handle the big money do you think it's them just like coming down on gamers and saying that, do you want this? Or do you think it's gamers who are demanding it? And I think it becomes yeah. a cyclical kind of argument mm -hmm. in, in the same similar light of what I just said. Uh, what came first, the, ch the chicken or the egg? What yeah. came first, the corporation or the gamer? Yeah. Um, and and uh, before we go into social media answer, answer uh before we go into that what when you when i asked that just uh what do you think what do you think came first the gamer or the corporation i think it's the corporation yeah. i think they i mean any company is trying to make do the like be the first one to create something new or mm -hmm. you know start something new and so you, these companies are just trying to see what they can do, what their abil where their abilities lie. Yeah. And so they create this big thing, and they and then they put it in a game, and then gamers see it and be like, "Oh my gosh, that's really cool! I want it." Yeah. And then we start asking for more, and then they create something new again, mm -hmm. and we ask for that. Yeah. So I think it's always the corporation. Yeah. In this situation, the corporation is first which is why i beg the question uh does the game industry need to reset because it feels like corporations are now uh kind of controlling the the market for video games mm -hmm. rather than you know game developers who are making an art which again i'm arguing even in retro games it wasn't always an art a lot of times it was corporations demanding that make this game in three months because it's becoming a trend mm -hmm. uh there is that argument but then again that's why a lot of people are going into indie games, which I'll yeah. talk about a little bit. I have an example. Oh, okay. I have an example of like the creation and now we want more of it. Yeah. The dual sense. Yeah. We weren't asking for that. Yeah, but 
I I also do enjoy it. Like I haven't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We weren't asking for a controller that does what it does. Yeah. But now now I can't help but think like it'd be so cool if that was on both systems. I do I do tend to think about that. Like I wish I was on the Xbox. You know, like exactly. why why can't all? Yeah. And so now of course. Give it a few years. There's going to be a new version of this series of Xbox. Yeah. That'll have that type of controller. And it'll get further and further down the line where we're expecting every controller to have some sort of feature to it. Exactly. Yeah. There's my example. Yeah. Boom. Uh, But yeah, I do want to, you know, bring it to you uh, into the comments before we go into our social media answer. Uh, you know, write your thoughts in the comments. Uh, Mm -hmm. So far in the conversation, what do you think about this? Do you think the games industry needs to reset uh, do you think it needs to actually, you know, go back in of itself? Do we need to have the power to say that I don't want this and actually vote with our wallets? Answer is yes. But uh, I do want to bring it back to you. Uh, I will ask you questions on social media. I will ask it to you on Twitter uh, at Gaming Groceries or Instagram, Games and Groceries, all one word, or on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook. You know, it, 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 it is what it is. But I did ask you the question, do you think the games industry needs to reset itself? And we have one answer from at Commander Nikki, uh, who has to say, let's just stop the crunch. I saw a great comment suggesting that this disqualifies them from the awards, which I'll get to in a minute. But uh, do a year of full indie support. See what's possible to get some fresh minds in the industry. Get cross-platform gaming. Uh, let friends play together no matter what platform they own. Mm-hmm. So there's three points that Nikki just made, and I do want to discuss them all. Uh, the first one uh, about crunch. And again, I know I know Nikki is very uh, adamant about stopping crunch. I'm sorry. My nose is like super itchy. <laughs> um, my goodness. But again, crunch is not a new thing. Yeah. It never was a new thing. It always has been around. And, and especially I've, I've learned this more from reading Patrick Hickey Jr.'s book. Uh, you, should re- you should read his book, you know, Behind the Developers. Wow. You should do it. <laughs> uh, Patrick Hickey, of course, was a guest on our show. A really, really cool guy. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He's going to come back on the show uh, sometime at some point in the future. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's crunch saying that it disqualifies them from the awards. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because it always, it's always, it's always has to do with the situation. In, fa- in fact, with the cyberpunk situation, mm-hmm. uh, it turned out that the, a lot of them were okay with the crunch, but now they're saying that yeah. they're being blindsided. So I don't know. It always it's depends on It's a hard crunch. topic to judge, especially when there's developer developers all over the world with different work yeah. norms in their countries. Exactly. So it's kind of weird to think about, but I do I do like the idea that it disqualifies them from yeah. any kind of gaming awards. It's the idea of it, but at the same time, I feel like crunch is inevitable when it comes to the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. At least it seems like it. I don't know. Uh, but it disqualifies them from the awards. That's part of resetting the industry. Uh, now, doing a full year of indie support to see what's possible in fresh minds. Now, EA has done this with Sea of Solitude and Unravel, which is Yarny is mm-hmm. hanging right there. They did this with uh, A Way Out, and they're still doing it with Joseph Farris's uh, next game. Far- Farris? Is that his name? No. No idea. Joseph Farris. That doesn't sound right. Anyways, uh, but they're doing it with his game as well. They're doing another game with Joseph Farris. I don't even know if that's right. 
But yeah, EA used to have this a lot. This mm-hmm. used to be a lot more prevalent. But I think um, I think maybe you know uh, doing a full year of indie support, where kind of like what EA did, was kind of funding these EA, uh, yeah. indie studios yeah. and seeing what they could do, mm-hmm. and maybe kind of recruit them into. I don't know. Uh, what do you think about that one? No, I mean I think that's a great idea to have, you know, the big developers supporting mm-hmm. indies because that not only shows a side of developers that most of us don't get to see is that charitable helping and guidance side, yeah. but also it helps us get more developers and more talent in the industry. Exactly. Um, I do like a full year of indie support, especially because your boy loves indie games. Yeah. Love them. Um, including Ori, you know, I, I mean, and that's the other thing. Xbox does uh, go out and say that, like, supporting indie developers, where I don't think that we would have really heard about Ori if it wasn't for Microsoft's Mm -hmm. kind of support in that. And I don't think we would have really cared about Sea of Solitude or Unravel if it wasn't for EA, who Mm -hmm. are really supporting them. Yeah. EA doesn't really do too much anymore, but who knows? There could be a lot more games that come out of EA that we don't even know about. Yeah. You know? Uh, but doing a full year of indie support to see what fresh minds have to play. And then finally, cro- uh, get cross-platform gaming. Let friends play together no matter what platform they own. Uh, I would like to bring that around and saying bring couch co-op back. Yes. I need couch co-op back. And, and, the, and the reason for couch co-op, and a lot of people made this really good point, is that the reason why they a lot of the gaming industry will exit out of uh, couch co-op mm-hmm. is because that it, it gives a reason for your friends to buy another copy of the game, mm-hmm. which is why when Joe, I really hope this is his right name, Joseph Ferris, which is, it doesn't sound right. Uh, write in thoughts, uh, write your thoughts in comments down below. Am I saying this right? Who knows? But that's why when they came out with a way out, it was great because uh, Joseph Ferris said, uh, you don't need to buy another copy. You can just send out a friend code. They can come on. Boom. Good to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, cross-platform gaming, let friends play together no matter what platform they own. And I think that's true. A lot of times where you buy a new game uh, game system, you're really going on what your friends are playing. Yeah. And not really on what system you actually want. You're mm-hmm. actually saying... Well, where are my friends? Yeah. Are they on Xbox? Are they on PlayStation, PC, Nintendo? Mm-hmm. Where are they? Instead of saying, this is the platform I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about any of uh, Nikki's comments? No, I agree with the cross-platform. And I've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. When we, I mean, when we've discussed topics similar to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think it would be so much easier if everything was just cross-platform. It would be, if, if any company claims to be you know customer minded and therefore the customers and the players yeah you need you should be for cross-platform then i think so yeah um but yeah i i I definitely want to see more cross cross cross-platform games because Mm -hmm. i do want to you know play more with friends Mm -hmm. uh that that are on other systems including you know even nintendo switch and i don't care play on pc if you want to yeah beat me in multiplayer i don't really care um but yeah, I think I think going into you know kind of our closing thoughts is um, the one last point I want to bring up is that do you think that uh, veterans of the games industry will be the ultimate rise of this reset era that we're talking about? Uh, much like Mike Laidlaw, 
Uh, and okay. what? It, yeah, Mike Laidlaw going into Yellow Brick, and what I said before, Ken Levine, who started uh, Ghost Story Games. There's another one pretty recently that did the same thing, and I can't remember. Wasn't it like two brothers that went? They left oh, the company. Yeah. And started their own. Well, I, I said night school studios, but they were cousins, and I can't remember oh. the two brothers. I think there's also two brothors, but there's a lot of people who yeah. leave the industry and yeah. they start their own stuff. Yeah. Do you think this is the rise of a reset era in gaming? I don't know if it'll be the rise. Um, I think it'll just be the rise of indie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now indie does have a more um, of a lean towards old school because people are going. Mm-hmm. People are, of course, making games that they're passionate about when that brought them into games, which was... Yeah, a lot like Celeste. What, yeah, like yeah. what they had when they were growing up. So, of course, they lean towards more retro. But I think it'll lead to more towards indie and not so much going back in time, but just more yeah. indie games. And I think Yacht Club Games, who made Shovel Knight, I think they came from the games industry and they started their own game company. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm half sure, I should say. Uh, but I think they only leave this to get the heart of video games back mm-hmm. into their games. Yeah. Where they felt like we're, we're not really giving our elements anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you go into these big corporations and a lot like retro gaming before where it was just kind of like, you know, put all these games out, no matter what, doesn't yeah. matter. Here's the trend, and that's what crashed the game industry mm-hmm. before. And in this point, I don't think it's crashing the games industry. I think it's more crashing the heart of a develop- developer. Yes. Yeah, I you know, agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's not really crashing, you know, the economy of the games industry, but it's really crashing creativity yeah. at the same time. Which is why it was interesting when... um uh, Giroux, he he had to say, or no, uh, Skolsky said, mm-hmm. uh, when he said that uh, we want to get the personal heart behind our games again. Mm-hmm. We we were in world class, you know, big projects, but now we yeah. want to get into really deep diving games, mm-hmm. and I, and that's why I'm very excited for Ken Levine and Ghost Story, even, yeah. uh, and that's why I liked Night School Studios. I didn't really like After Party too much. Yeah, that was that was just my personal preference, and mm-hmm. according to uh, Oxenfree, but or even um, I don't know if Jet has anybody from the veteran gaming industry. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm very excited for Jet. But my my point is that I think we're going to see a reset era, not in this way of retro video games, like we're going to get yeah. pixel art and eight uh, bits kind of yeah. uh, soundtracks, which you know, if you want to make that game, great, I will yeah. play it. Um, but I think it's just going to be the heart of the video game that we're yes. going to be as reset into. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Any, uh, any final, th- final thoughts? Um, not too many final thoughts. I pretty much just agree with what you said. I mean, you kind of reiterated what I said, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think we'll see too much going backwards. I think you might see inspiration from retro, yeah. but I don't think we'll go entirely back. Because yeah. you're not going to see them producing games in that short of amount of time. You're going to see them putting their heart and soul into a more simple yeah. game. I do think so. And I and I hope this is a reset in terms of, uh, like what we said with, uh, with cell phones even, I like going back to just simplistic mm-hmm. styles. And that's the thing about video games. Like, we want bigger, grander, uh, more 
uh, art-heavy mm-hmm. video games, and we, we expect so much out of video games now, and we don't appreciate the simplicity anymore yeah. of, a, of a good, fun video game, mm-hmm. you know? And I think Ghost of Tsushima did that well. There's a lot of fun in Ghost of Tsushima, yeah. including following yellow birds around. That's great. Uh, but in terms of, like, expecting every game to have the best art direction mm-hmm. or just a really good video game that you really enjoy... Which again, that's another coffee games that I have, you know, planned out. But 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 but, but um, I think that's a good way to end this conversation. What do you think? I agree. Cool. Um, yeah. So uh, let's just end the discussion here. And again, if you have any thoughts uh, yourself, write them in the comments down below. What do you think about all this? Uh, do you think the games industry needs to reset? Uh, any of the uh, top three gaming news or what we thought about Jingle Jangle? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. Uh, and if you enjoyed this video, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, be sure to leave a like and share with a friend, your family, or even, hey, your enemies. Your enemies could use a podcast. That'd be great. That'd be great of you. Mm, yeah. But uh, we're going to we're, we're, we're gonna uh, jet on out of here. Okay. Yeah. But we thank you again for listening to the Games Groceries podcast. Uh, you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Games Groceries, all one word. We're also on Facebook. If you want to see any new updates about the channel, uh, again, be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you know when all these podcasts come out, as well as our weekly videos that we put out every Thursday morning uh, just for you, for your entertainment. And again, thank you so much if you are a new subscriber. We very much appreciate you for uh, coming along for the ride. And with all that said and done, we hope you have a safe one. Please wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to check out our other podcast, What's the Biz. And with uh, without further ado, take care. Bye.